Welcome to the No Plan B podcast. My name is René Weimann and we have a premiere on this podcast. We are back for a second time, of course, as always, with Joe Esperi, but with our guest, part two, Aaron Williams. Welcome, Aaron, to be here back again this week. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to be back, man. It was a great interview last week and I'm ready for this one. Yes, sir, A-Dub. You know, we back on their head, man. You know, we got we to gotta keep these haters at bay. You know what I mean? These The non-believers, you know, the, the coaches with hidden agendas, you know what I mean? All that fake shit, we cutting right through all of it, brother. Right through all of it. <laughs> That's good to see you again. Good to see you again, man. too, Renee. So let's good let's to see get you started. Hey, man, um, I, I've been the whole week. I couldn't wait to ask you this question. Uh, when you first got to... Uh, Wait, was it uh, was it Albania? Albania, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, wh what was what would you say was the biggest difference when you first got to Albania in, in comparison to saying, okay, boom, I'm from Chicago, you know, born born and raised, born and bred in the Windy City, and now welcome to Albania. What was the biggest difference? I mean, people are people, but what would you say really? Like something you looked at or saw how people move and you were like, okay, man, I'm a long way from home right now, bro. It was the first thing I noticed that they grow their own food. They grow, like they have farms, like you can have a, your own farm in your backyard. And it's like, you can see chickens walking down the street. You might, you might see a cow in the middle of the field under a freeway, um, Vada or something like that. So it was a cultural shock for sure. Like it was really different. Like it was, I'm like, okay, I know this is nothing like the United States. This is nothing like, you know, uh, anything <laughs> I've ever seen before. So just walking down the street, like, honestly, like, Albanians are known for, like, they, they have a history with, like, mobsterish backgrounds. So yeah. the people, like, they, 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 if you get to know them, they friendly. But other than that, they be looking at, like, who? was this you know so I was like I had to you know be be cautious while I was walking and stuff but it was cool though but it was different definitely different for sure and on court <laughs> look <laughs> but you already was you was trained for that though you know what I mean coming, exactly. coming out the south side you like okay yeah. all I gotta do is just keep it pushing we all good <laughs> and how how was it on court like uh we we had uh we had who, who was in who was playing in Ukraine it was Mike Holton right Uh, uh, Mike Holden, um, who, who played in Ukraine for a year, he, he said like Eastern European basketball is much different. Did you experience that, like in terms of how they play? How was that for you? You know what? You know what um, I got lucky. I got lucky. I got a really, 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 really good coach in Albania, and um, he's a Euroleague legend. Um, his name is Nico. Um, sorry for me to pronounce his last name, but. He's, he's, he got, I think he got drafted by the NBA in 1984. He, um, he played in the EuroLeague for 10 plus years, EuroLeague legend. And I'm talking about just his workouts and the way we prepared for the games was totally different. Like we had an NBA, we was the only team in Albania that had an NBA style in a European structure. So I was wondering like how we were just beating everybody so easy, I was beating them. We had a we had a coach that knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. We was training. We wasn't doing normal drills because I practiced with Lithuanian teams. I practiced with Latvian teams, and it was European style. But him, 
we was like doing one-on-one moves in the morning. Like it was like a real life. Like he knew what he was doing and it was, um, it was good. I got lucky, man. I got a really good coach. So it really wasn't that much of a difference our playing style. But as far as playing in Albania, they sit in the paint. It's a big brute waiting on you at the rim. You know, um, it's you got you got to be able to you got to have skills. You know, a lot of times with my athleticism, I can get away with just with that. But playing in Europe, you got to be able to make a mid range jump shot. Got to be able to make a. Um, an open three-point shot. You have to be able to read the defense without the basketball. You know, you have to um, you have to be able to make quick decisions. You know, I remember Joe was coaching me in Germany. You got to make free throws. You know, you got, it's just you have to be fundamentally sound. You know, playing in Europe, it's just it's just it's more structured. But our team, we played a, a American style. But overall, playing in Albania, it was it was a, yeah, it was a, it was an adjustment. But I had to coach for it, so it was easy for me. And how do you have to be mentally prepared? I mean, uh, these cultural shocks, it's, it can be hard for an American kid that is coming straight from college into, I don't know, Albania, Romania, Lithuania, Ukraine, wherever. Uh, do you have any, any um, suggestions for those guys, what to look for? If, if they have this contract and if they think, okay, I'm going to, going to the league, I will be the best player of the league. You know, it, it will be hard off court too, right? Yeah, it's, you know, it all depends on that player's background, you know, because growing up in um, certain areas, you kind of prepare for that. You kind of prepare for anything that's thrown your way. Like, you grew up in an inner city in uh, California or inner city in uh, Illinois, like Chicago, and different places in America. It kind of prepares you for it, honestly. Kinda, you kind of used to adapting and adjusting to whatever environment you're placed into. Now, if you grew up in more of like a suburban-ish area or a place where it's, it's not much pressure, stress just being outside in your community it's a lot of stress and pressure being outside in a community like the south side of chicago is is pressure so when you get put in another pressure environment like a cultural shock is more like okay this is more comfortable zone for me but for people that's not used to that i would think they should just really try to um talk to their talk to their teammates the ones that's from that country so if they in germany talk to the, your german teammates talk to your Your, um, Albanian teammates because they're gonna introduce you um, to things that you wouldn't know the food how to navigate around the city um, the do's the don'ts right so I would say just really build a bond with your teammates that helps a lot that's, that's great advice let me let me ask let me ask you this bro you know uh, back in the days uh, I played in a, on a touring team in China and at that time man they were allowed to smoke in the arena so it's like You got 30,000 fans, bruh, and there's like this big cloud that was, you know, just hovering above the arena. So yeah. when you played in China, were they still allowed to smoke in the arena or was it pretty, was it okay? Man, China was an experience. I must say China was different. Everybody smoked, everybody smoked. And um, <laughs> it's, it's so many fans because, you know, like the average um, China city is 10 million people per city. That's on average. Some of them is 15 million. You know, China's a lot of people. Where, where have so, you played? By the way, where have you played? In what city? In China? Yeah. Oh, Shanghai. Beijing. Shanghai. Beijing. We, we, Chengdu. Uh, oh, no. Hong Kong. But for what uh, team? Oh, now, this is the thing with China. They have two markets. You got the CBA and the NBL. I, and the NBA, I play for the Beijing Bucks. 
But as far as China, you can go play and play money games like boxing. Win or lose, you get paid. And it's, oh. it's money games. All right. So you go play in all these different places. So when you go play in these places, even though it may not be a league, I'm talking about. Okay, interesting. It's it's packed like it's a real game, you know. So yeah, man, I played I played yeah. a little bit everywhere, man. In China. So. How many how many fans would you say? We're, we're say like it's on an average, it's like between twenty and thirty thousand, right? I know it's packed. Oh, oh average. I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. Joe know about this. It was an outside game, Renee. It's outside game. Man, listen, it was about. 20,000 people outside. And when oh, I say like this, like a street ball game back in the day, Joe knows someone the street ball game. Yeah. It was like a street ball. And it was like one of the funnest games I ever played in, in China. It was like they had four Americans. My team had four Americans. We was playing. And that was probably one of my funnest experiences, like just period as a basketball player. Like it was fun. Nice. 20,000 outside. So you can only imagine that. Then it was dark. So the lights was hitting the court. Like a, you know, kind of like how Madison Square Garden the lights hit the court and they kind of darken out the, the uh, back rows. That's how it was. And it was, it was an amazing experience. Nice. Amazing. Wow. I mean, that sounds even, how was, how was the name of this um, in Paris, this thing that goes down in every summer? The, the, the Kwai. Yeah, Kwai. I mean, Kwai, this, Kwai, Kwai. this sounds like even a bigger version of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Wow. And then the best part about it, best part about it, you, you win, you lose, you get paid at the end of the game. So, for for a lot of players, that's a good market for them. Going in China, just experiencing different culture, traveling around the city. You can you can build a life there for real. That, a lot of that, guys that, the whole life. That sounds that sounds a little bit like those gladiators in the Roman Empire, like without killing anyone, but with basketball. Yeah, right? that's, what <laughs> that's what it is. That is exactly insane. What it is. Shout shout out Stephon Marbury too. He. He, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he was there. He really laid down a foundation, man, so that people could go over there and pick up a real cool bag. So appreciate man. him, man. And back in my time, uh, you know, big, big old, old school Patrick Ewing, man, he was the one that that paid. I mean, he basically sent us out on a tour. And, you know, and me, uh, my man, Kevin Ellis, who had played back in the days at USF, and my homeboy yeah. that got me the Europe Zell Price recipes, man. He, you know, big, big Pat Ewing sent us over there, man. So. I mean, it was it was beautiful, man. It was really beautiful. So, uh, I mean, you've been to so many other countries. What what would you say was your was your favorite country out of all the different places you've Sweden. been to? Sweden, Sweden. Yeah, well, right where you at, right? Nice. Man, this country is. I didn't even think, honestly, places like this existed. Like just <laughs> the government, how they treat their citizens, the rules they got in place, the the help, the assistance, the the type of people, the diversity the food, the views, like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And I remember Joe, like, when I came to Germany, that was one of my first times coming to Europe, period. And you was telling me that, man, you come out here. And I remember, I'm telling you, Joe, you spoke like three times, three different occasions where we had them long talks. And I remember everything yeah. we were talking about. You know what I'm saying? I remember everything we was talking about. And you was telling me, like, you would come over here and you could start a whole life in Europe. And a lot of yeah. guys don't know. And oh uh, man, you 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 right. I see you was right. We had that talk four years ago. You you right, man. <laughs> you right. Yeah, most definitely, man. Because the thing, I mean, but but you know, and that's I'm glad you brought that up because let's not get this part twisted, bro. It's also yeah. your character, and it's also your skill set, and it's also like you said, you know, you were where you were raised at, and you were you're built for this. You're built for pro ball, not only here but anywhere in the world. You're built for it. And I try that's to cool. tell people all the time that. 
hey, man, I mean, I talk to ball players every day. There's a lot of different ball players that are all chasing dreams. And some of them really have a lot of talent. But if you can't, me and Renee have this conversation all the time. If you, that's why we're doing the podcast, to inform people, to tell them, hey, man, it's not okay. I, I can score 40 points every time I touch the ball. Okay, that's great. You can do that. But can you live? Can you adjust to what's going on outside the lines, bro? And you've done mm. that very well. Proud of you. Salute. Man, I appreciate that. I appreciate oh, that, Joe. Oh, oh and, and, and by the way, hey, Renee, did you, uh, Renee, did, there were some people that uh, from online, you said there was like a lot of people had different questions about the different plays he's played, right? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, um, I have a little bit of a following. I don't know where that came from, but um, <laughs> from Lebanon. I have, okay. a, I have a few followers that do my training programs, which is really cool in Lebanon. Wow. So if, if anyone's listening, uh, I mean, those guys, a couple of people, a couple of kids, uh, actually, they asked what club you played for and, um, yeah, how it was for you, how, um, like, they say it is, um, like, Israel is very famous for basketball. They have yeah. a very famous league. Some of their teams are in EuroLeague constantly in the best spots. Um, mm -hmm. And the style how they play in Lebanon is similar to that. Um, they also have, they say, they say that. I don't know if you agree, but they say they have a more American style of play compared to the rest of Europe. Would you agree? And how did you uh, came across that? I'm going to ask you your first question. I played for Sajaz. Okay. Sajaz is one of the more known teams probably the most known team in Lebanon. I guess um, these guys know, I don't know them. I, I haven't ever watched into yeah, Lebanese basketball, they, but- um, They I'm listen sure to the podcast, you bring up Sajaz, they gonna know okay. who Sajaz is. But I played for Sajaz and um, yeah, that they, they got a lot of tradition. They they very prideful. Surprisingly, I didn't know Lebanon was so prideful when it come to basketball. They they take it serious. Like they really, really love basketball. But um, as far as the style of play, yes it is. It's an American style. That was a, that surprised me as well. It's an American style, and um, it's very close to Israel. It's like right underneath each other. Proximity is they, it's around the corner. Yeah, it's like you drive down the road is that go Israel, you know. So yeah, they they play similar. Um, Lebanon it's a high level of basketball. It's actually it's it's I, I gotta say it's right under Israel as far as Middle East. That's probably one of the top leagues and not the top league in the Middle East. Like you look at the guys that's playing that league, these ain't any old, like these are guys that played in for Texas and the big schools. So, you know, you, you got good quality competition. So it was a good league, man. But yeah, it's, um, it's American style. That surprised me as well. So yeah, and, that was right. And how was your life? Like uh, most people say Lebanon is like a big party country. Most people, they, they have this narrative in their mind that it's, a Muslim world, and, but it's it's absolutely yeah. different. And I have a good That's friend who's from Lebanon as well, so I, I know that pretty well. I haven't been there. I want to go there soon, hopefully. Um, yeah. It's definitely on my bucket list, but how is it for you, the um, <laughs> court life? I got so many things I can say. First, I'm going to say this story. So when I first got to Lebanon, it was about 3, 4 in the morning, right? Flying from Albania to Lebanon. And I got to customs, right? So I got my, my passport, so I give it to him. And you know, United States passport had look. And they look at me. And you know, I, this was before I got the cut. Like, you know, I always had my beard, but it was like long, right? So they look at me. <laughs> and then 
they called the, the lady sitting there was like, American, American. So I'm, look, I'm laughing like, what y'all about to do? So they took my passport, they called me back in the office. So my Lebanese agent had to talk to them. They was like, who, why are you here? I'm like, I'm here to play basketball. Okay, so who's your agent? I'm like, this is my agent, we'll call them. So they talked talk to them about an hour. So I'm sitting there like, damn, I'm about to get locked up in Lebanese jail for what? Like, <laughs> so they, they, uh, they took my passport from me. I was in Lebanon for about four months and they took my passport the whole time. They gave me a copy of my passport. So I was actually scared like, Danny, they took my passport. Like, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it was funny, but as far as um, Beirut, listen, that was another fun country. And it's, it's everything you see on, on the news as far as um, people that never been to that country. They got army, tanks on the corners. They got guys standing on the corner with AK-47s. Like, it's really wow. like that. But as far as the country go, man, that's another beautiful spot. Got the ocean right there, it's nice. You know, the, the city is on the incline, so it's a lot of hills. So you get a lot of good views, the food is good. Um, Lebanon, actually, you know, <laughs> these places can surprise you. They surprise you, you don't expect it to be like that, but. Lebanon, Beirut was very fun. It was fun, man. I can't lie. It was fun. That is beautiful, man. That is really beautiful, man. And I, as much as I, you know, sometimes I, I really like to keep it clean on this podcast, but you know what, guys? I, I really got to let this one out of my heart. Shout out <laughs> to all of the bitch-ass coaches worldwide who have tried to destroy guys' pro hoop dreams, bro, because my guy, A-Dub is living out the pro hoop dream all over the world right now. And I apologize to my partner, Renee. My partner, (laughs) Renee, I apologize because normally I keep it clean, but I had to get that one out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Joe. It was was a lot of hummus and falafel involved and party and, uh, yeah, just. Man. Uh, One of my uh, close friends, (laughs) Tim Joff, he played everywhere. He played at UConn. He got drafted by the Lakers. So I was, man, him, we, we actually was teammates on the Beijing Bucks, right? So that was my teammate from China. So when I landed in Lebanon to work out with Sajaz, he come like, bro, you in town? I'm like, yeah, bro. So he got like the big, he big dog status. Like he got like the big loft with the Range Rover, you know? You're like, hey, Will, man, come on, man, you good, man. So I'm staying with him. And uh, he right. just showed me going out with him. You know, he know everybody. so. It's crazy how you can meet somebody in one country and then you meet up with them in another country and then now you got a connection then that person can show you around and stuff. So it was it was a blessing, man. It was crazy. It was fun too. Real fun. Yeah. Man, that is beautiful, bro. That is beautiful. Uh, Renee, did you have some uh, other questions from your uh, yeah. from the young guy? Um, Sweden is probably not the most famous country for basketball, but um, you already said last time that the league is quite... Uh, Good, especially the first Premier. What's the name of it? The Premier yeah, League. It's, uh, like that. Yeah, it's uh, Basketball Eden. You got the second league is Super Eden. The top okay. league is Basketball Eden. Just an interesting thing about the Swedish league, the top league. It's a pipeline to the big leagues. Like, it's not considered like a big league or a big country, but the competition is so good and the league is ran so at a professional level with the arenas the competition, everything, you do good here, it leads you to those big countries. Like for example, one of my uh one of my friends, Michael Moore, 
He played in Sweden last season, played great. He played so great where he got invited to NBA Summer League with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And then he just played this past season in Italy, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So it sets guys up on their career path. And it's, it's, it was perfect, you know, and I came in right at the perfect time, you, you know, so it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pipe, it's a pipeline lead. Like you do good here, you get to the, to the next level, you know, so it's cool, man. For sure. Yeah, and the yes, question sir. was, and the question was like, how would you compare those leagues um, when you, uh, like, in terms of um, which league is uh, where you where you played, of course, which league is like, like, would you where would you rank Sweden compared to Germany, for example? Like, Germany is also not known for having, or it changed a bit with with Bayern Munich came in with more financial things, and somehow the whole. Also, I felt yeah. like I don't know if you agree, Joe. I felt like in the last 10 years, basketball in Germany. Uh, compared to the rest of Europe, it grew in terms of mm. the com competitiveness compared to big names like like Spain is a big league, Russia, Greece. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, for and how, sure. Yeah. And how far behind is Sweden? Basketball in Germany has definitely improved. Yeah. Sweden is not far behind. It's, it's really not. And it's, like I said, it's, it's a pipeline league. But to compare it to Germany, I got to give it to Germany because Germany got the BBL. So BBL, that's a big, that's a big time league. A lot of people know about the BBL. So I gotta give it to I gotta give it to Germany. Germany is yeah. is is a step ahead of Sweden. I gotta I gotta say that for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, and, and at the same time, I mean, you know, it it always boils down to opportunity. And of course, you know, us as Americans who have lived it out, who lived out the pro hoop dream, it's different anyway, because it's like you can remember uh, you know, I might have been playing the summer league or Or like, you know, back in the days I played in the Pro-Am and it's like, okay, here's one guy, he played D1 at this school, or here's one guy who played Juco, or here's one guy who, who played D2. But at the end of the day, if you're a dog, you're just a dog. You know what I mean? Some people are just built for it. But of course, yes. but here, here, in, you know, here in Europe, you know, it does matter which, which league you play in. And, that, and it's, it's good that you brought that point up too about the pipeline because I tell guys, a lot of guys, like there's guys here right now who play in like the, the fifth league in Germany and they think, you know, in their head because of their ego that, oh, I know I can play in the first league in Germany. It's like, man, okay, that's <laughs> nah. cool. It's easy for you to say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can say that and believe that there's nothing wrong with being confident, but there's certain steps that you have to take, you know what I mean? There's a process, you know what yeah. I mean? And, but some dudes just think that they're that nice, you know, that they can just, uh, you know, bypass the process and, and just jump into a first league. And, And, and I'll tell you this straight up. I mean, first, and, and, and the worst part about it is that I'm not a hater, but you know me and you, we keep it real. And I always keep it real with Renee. Like, a lot of these dudes don't have half the talent you got, they dub, you know? And that's my thing. I've always been humble. Like, if I didn't, I never, you never ever would have heard me in my era, in my time, say that I was a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. I would never say that. He's like the god of basketball. But what I would say is that, I'm not afraid of him. I'm going to give him buckets. Facts. You, 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 Facts. you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, and, one, no and, doubt, one thing, no and one thing they forget is there will be ups and downs. And especially when there are downs, you really show how a person is, how a player is, and how they behave in those situations. It's, it's never a straight line to success, no matter how talented, no matter how good you are, no matter if you're in the fifth league. And if you have the talent for playing in the first league in Germany or, or going to the NBA or wherever you want to play, Uh, there will be also some 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 downs, and um, they will show how you how you are.
I'm, I'm glad you guys brought that up. I was actually just having this conversation with somebody, i say two hours prior to this podcast. Um, that's the thing. You see, me and Joe talked about this too about four years ago. If you, it, I look at, because boxing is my second sport. I had to choose when I was a teenager, I had to choose between which one I was going to take serious, whether it was basketball or boxing. I chose basketball, but it's, it's, I look at boxing and basketball similar because it's like, okay, you can, you, you can go in a fight and you get knocked out. That's not, that's not quitting. You, you just got knocked out. But some people don't even step to the ring. They don't even walk to the ring and go lace their gloves up and try to fight. I was yeah. taught by my uncle. I was taught by my uncle. If, if you try and if you fight back, whether it's a physical fight, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a, a career, whether it's a school test, no matter what it is, basketball, no matter what, if you fight back, and you don't quit, you don't lose. You cannot lose. So some people, they think because the road is not as, I guess, um, they look at TV and they see guys, they have a straight path, and they think, well, my path not like that. Well, I give up and quit. But really, to be honest, <laughs> you don't know what they went through. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But if you got to keep going, no matter what, we all got trials and tribulations. We all got things that, that could throw us off our, our path or bring us down but if you just can keep in your mind i'm not gonna quit no matter what you're gonna win and in the end i promise you, you're gonna win my guy my guy <laughs> so beautiful man beautiful beautiful hey dog hey man and like i hey man you know we had this conversation before and and here's the thing like i'm not a hater but it's just that you remember i also told you i said listen bro take a look around this room right here i said when the smoke clears I guarantee you that you will be one of the dudes that's going to get paid to do this. And when we took a look around that room, not hating at all, but now we're outside of that room and there's a <laughs> lot of guys that were in that room with you and they're no longer chasing that dream. Now I'm not hating on them. You know what I mean? Wow. Because for me, anybody that knows my story knows straight up. And I told Renee that a million times, Hey man, listen, it was going to go one or two ways for me. Either I'm going to get paid to play basketball or I'm going to die. That's real. Like that's, it's going to be on my, it has to be on my death certificate. And if I have yeah. to go to Mars, no big deal. I go get paid. I had a friend, he went to play ball in, in Mongolia. Like, like who does that? But <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Who does that? But that's what I'm saying. But some people will go to those extents to be able to say, hey, I got paid to do what I love to do. To play now, yeah. you're getting paid to do what you love to do. So continue yes. on, Renee, continue on. Before <laughs> I start using bad language and talking about these, uh, you know, coaches, because coaches like me and Renee, that's what we do. We motivate people, you know what I mean? We want to build up our, our young athletes, and you're, and you're helping us do that right now. And I, I just want to say, um, everything that Joe says is 100% facts. When Joe met me, I didn't play, I wasn't playing nowhere. I was trying to earn a spot. I didn't earn a check. Well, I played in China, but still, I was going through things in my hoop career. I had a lot to prove, no agent, no nothing. And Joe said, he said, hey, Doug, I promise you, how we talk right now, we was talking the same way four years ago. He said, listen, I guarantee you be the only one that get it, that get it. The next five years, you're gonna be the only one still playing. And he was right. He was right. So all, all the people right. that work with Joe, all the people that that, that um, he talks to, he know what he's talking about, listen to him. Because I listen to him, and it, and it helped me, you know, in my career. So I just had to say that. 
you know, I had to say Appreciate that. you, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Don't, yes, sir. Don't, don't make me get the cussing at these coaches, bro. Go ahead, Renee. Take over, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Renee. Bail me out before I start using profanity. Bail me out, bud. I have, I have one last question, um, and okay. it's, it's an interesting one. Um, like, not, not only in terms of, of course, you can talk about your personal um, plans in the future, but what do you expect overall from basketball in Europe and Sweden right now? Or um, what, what is your take on this? Of course, it's a very um, tough time. It was a very tough time. It still is for a lot of people because we live in this uncertainty. Un uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. No, you um, good of the situation yeah. and uh yeah what what do you what would you say about that um i mean as far as just with the uh, covid and how it's gonna pick back up that what you mean yeah absolutely okay. that, was, that was asked a lot also by by a few people um to be honest my personal opinion i think things are going to be back to normal towards the end of this year um I believe that the coronavirus is a very unfortunate um, situation that happened to the entire world. And um, a lot of people, you know, they died from it, but it wasn't as bad as people thought it, it was going to be. And a lot of times, you know, these things happen. It's, it's, it's more to it than what the general public knows. But I believe that sports will be back to normal by the end, if, by the end of this year or for sure to start of next year, things, things will be back to normal. All, all over the world, completely. So you give it like five to probably seven or eight months from now? Yes, Top, tops, mm -hmm. tops. Yep, it'll, 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 it'll come back to normal. Yeah, it'll good. come back to normal. We should always expect the best, the best way possible, but prepare for the worst. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta be ready for whatever though. What would you, what you, would you do? What would you do if, if it's not? If like there's a, a whole season not happening, what would you do? Oh man, I, I got so many things I can do, man. It's that's that's the great part about traveling the world. Yeah. You it opens you up to different things, right? Oh you yeah. Come in, it, it opens you come your in, mind. It's one thing. You come you know like this, and you go like people. You know, people. You meet the right person, they introduce you to something that you like, and you might want to get into that. So it's I got a lot of things I can um dip my dip and dab into. So it uh we gonna see, but um. Working with yeah, children is definitely yeah. one of them. Motivating people is definitely one of them. Business, of course. You know, um, it's a lot of stuff. You know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, in my opinion, like I say, Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer of all time. But Floyd is the best boxer of all time. See, it's a difference. See, Michael Jordan, I think, is the best basketball player ever. But great, we we not talking accolades. Ain't nobody touching Michael Jordan. He's the greatest player of all time. But I mean greatness as far as like the person. Like Muhammad Ali stood up for a cause in the 60s that'll get you killed. See what I'm saying? Like right. back in that time, if you spoke out like how they speaking up now, you're gonna get killed. And he spoke up during that time. I feel like Kobe was that version yeah. in a basketball sense. Cause he, if you listen to Kobe Bryant, he gave away a lot of secrets that pros don't give away. He told you basically how he trained almost and he gave you information and he, he he when he loved basketball right you see a lot of legends you don't see them they just go they just you don't see them they just go live their life and whatever kobe had businesses he had training camps with he had motivational speaking all over the world and he was doing so many things he won an emmy for um 
um, storytelling. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. that was a big blueprint for me. Kobe basketball. Bryant, man. Basketball gave him a lot and he just wanted to give as much back as possible. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I got a lot, man. Yeah. You know, when I'm done with basketball, I'm just getting started. Aaron, you know? thanks a lot for yes, being sir. here again. Um, yes, Joe, thank you for your motivation. We know motivation is not always clean. It can't be like that. So absolutely fine. My bad. Everything. <laughs> my bad. But that was my bad. I apologize, my partner Renee. But no, see, that no, was no, the no, 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 no. No I had to apologize, but I'm gonna keep it real. When it come when it come to A Dub, A Dub's my man, and you know, and we, and we both have similar paths because you know we know what it's like to be around coaches who. Uh, you know, can't motivate very well. So I just have to, you know, throw a jab at them. And we can do whatever they want us to do. I'm still good with these hands, too. If I can't throw hands like that, then A-Dub can train me. All I got to do is work on my ground game, get my wrestling up, and we can do whatever they yeah. want to do. Right. Whatever they want to so, do, baby. <laughs> hey, A-Dub, proud of you, man. So all the, best, bro. all the best for, for the upcoming season. That is very likely to happen. We all believe that it's going to happen. And um, if not, we will still make the best out of every situation. And yeah, yes, sir. thanks for being here again. My man, appreciate y'all. Love y'all, man. Y'all take it easy. Man, love you too, bro. Thanks for coming on, bro. We'll be in touch. Oh, yeah. All right.